0: Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. This was like a rebuilding, like recycling the the roster here.
1: (laughs) What's up, everyone? Welcome to Climbing the Pocket, CTP, In the Huddle. You got your man, Flip Mozzie. You got Eric from PFF joining us. Always a pleasure. And of course, wide receiver one, Miles. How are you, sir? Oh, yeah. Good, good. Had to give my son a bath tonight, so
2: I'm a little unkept tonight.
1: Well, that is, I hear is. you. I hear you. Eric is a PFF ready for this free agency madness that everyone's calling it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we have uh, shows lined up all week next week. Uh, I'll be in the office, you know, for more than just the two times a week for the first time and God knows how long. Um, this is an exciting time. I think what's interesting, I was talking this over with my boss, and, and I think what's nice about this year's free agency and what's going to be nice about the draft, I think, is I think there's, I mean, anything short of a meteor, we're having the season in 2021. Whereas, like, everything last offseason, as fun as it could have been, it was there was always the cloud, right? Like the draft weekend was really fun, and it was I thought really well done by the league. And you know, you you sort of come up for air, and you're like, oh my god, the, we don't have sports for another for months after this. We don't even know if these players are even going to play in the fall. And you know, I think you know whether it be the vaccine or just you know, obviously we just played a season. Um, I I think what's what's nice is that. You know, this year, the offseason is going to be somewhat more back to normal uh, as we're really only like a year out from the Rudy Gobert situation. So um, I'm excited <laughs> and, and and I'm looking forward to the the kind of fun we're going to be able to have this offseason.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Well, we're ready here in in Purple Nation, Viking Nation. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it. You know, we've got some good questions coming into the comments. Thank you all for watching the show live. With Flip, Miles, and Eric, we've got David in the background, back in the saddle, back on his shiny new computer. So we got this all (laughs) set up for you. We can see you live. We can see those comments. If you got questions, just just type them in and we'll get to them. Uh, I want to start with the just free agency in general, because we know the legal, legal tampering period is five days away. Franchise tags, the deadline was today. And so free agency is about to start with a new league year. The Vikings still, when I look up on the internet, it still says we're $2.5 million over the salary cap. So my understanding is we can't do anything right now if free agency started today. Miles, can you just talk about where the Vikings are cap-wise and do they need to do anything between now and the start of free agency?
2: Yeah, so hypothetical like let's say the caps at 183 184 range they they rolled over a little over 4 million in cap space from 2020 uh they've made some moves today they'd cut Dan Bailey they they let uh Kyle Rudolph go and they've they uh, let a couple like smaller names go uh, I think it's Cord Cordray Tankersley and one other guy some some guys that weren't going to make the team um <clears throat> who just kind of flopped with the f- top 51 rule. so yeah to your point they're a little over if the Salary cap is in the like 183 range. They'd be just about over two million, um, over the cap space. So they they'd need to make another move or two to get under. Depending what that that move is, Um, they don't have. So we have talked about this. The Vikings don't have a lot of high to mid level price free agent or players that they could cut to free up quite a bit of cap space. Riley Reese probably the only guy outside of a Harrison Smith, which they're not going to cut Harrison Smith. So I won't even consider it. Um, Riley Reese truly truly the only guy you could create significant amount of cap space by by letting go or trading. Um so he's the guy that obviously with the way their offensive line situation is, he's the he's probably the first guy you go to for restructure, extension, whatever it is to to keep him, but less lower his cap it to create some cap space. So he's the guy um everybody talks about Anthony Barr. I've I've mentioned him a few times. I just don't think they should touch his contract unless they had to. Um, But then you get starting into guys like Anthony or not Anthony Harris. Uh, Harrison Smith and you start looking at um, yeah Harrison Smith's probably the the other big one where he's got one year this is the last year of his deal I think it's a little over 10 million and he's due for an extension the Vikings aren't gonna he's the type of player that you expect him to retire a Viking or at least get really close to it and he's still playing at at a high enough level where you could extend him right now to try to lower his cap in now and kind of maybe we see the Vikings do some like voided year type deals. Like we've seen across the league right now, like the saints uh, going crazy. Uh, They franchise tag somebody today, but um, the Vikings, if the Vikings really wanted to get desperate because they wanted to dip into free agent market to add cap space, they could do the voided years thing that we've seen across the league. Now they haven't done that. They haven't operated that way. And I don't expect them to, but maybe we see it on a, on a deal or two, just because they're, they're in a a desperate situation to create cap space.
1: Yeah, so the the way I see it is on the current roster, short of doing something crazy.
2: Shamar Stephen, too.
1: Sorry, forgot to mention him. Between between Riley Reef, Anthony Barr, Shamar Stefan, and Britton Colquitt, they've yep, got to do so. something with one of those four players, if not two. I just can't the believe the
0: Vikings have put themselves in a position where Shamar <laughs> Stephen is a top five, top ten paid member of their team yep.
1: um
0: but they're like you know and again, my, my my cap like you know knowledge is, is growing but it's still limited i when i look at the their their top bunch of players they really don't have any of the sort of traditional accounting schemes that they can do either like riley reef is the only guy who's got a regular roster bonus um, and of course it's his last year on this contract. So they can't like, you know, short of as miles says, like a contract extension. They can't just like convert that into a a signing bonus and prorate it for the duration of a deal because his deal is almost over. You know, bar is bar is about as expensive to cut as he is to keep uh, as far as, you know, he's got, he's got, uh, you know, it's about 8 million if you let him go. Um, But there's about seven and a half of dead money. If you let him go, so obviously that one chopping his contract off is probably the, the move that they, you know, I, I think back to 2013 when the Vikings cut Antoine Winfield at the eve of free agency, the, so they could sign Phil Lodehold. Like it, it, sort of, it would strike me as like sort of one of those moves where they've almost completely run out of an opportunity to do anything. Uh, and that's the last recourse they have. Obviously the, the big one is Kirk and You know, Kirk doesn't really have, you know, anything in the way of flexibility there because, uh, you know, all of his bonus is prorated out already. So, um, yeah, it's a tough situation for the Purple for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, and yeah, Um, one the one thing the Vikings love to do is they like to keep they love to keep the flexibility on contracts. So as they don't want to have to touch certain contracts, like I've seen people, uh, David mentioned Thielen and Harrison or like an Anthony Barr. All those guys, like Harrison's the only one that truly is in line for an extension, but reworking an uh, Adam Thielen or Anthony Barr contract just gives you less flexibility for guys that are yeah. hitting in their their, their, 30, in their 30s. And that's a, That's something where you don't want to get into those situations where, let's say one of them falls off a cliff in terms of play, and you can't get out of a contract without having to move them, eat a lot of dead cap, you know, what have you. So you like, you'd like to keep that flexibility as much as you can because – when you get into situations like where the Vikings are right now, when you, you have such a top-heavy roster, you, you need to have some flexibility somewhere where you can create cap space without having to kill your future. And so the Vikings are in a really weird situation where, yeah, we expect the cap to to spike with the new TV deal and those things. So you could probably take a little bit from future years to help yourself now, but you don't want to do it too much with mediocre average players. And I'm not calling Adam Thielen or, or Harrison Smith mediocre to average players, but you know, Anthony Barr is probably an average to an above average type player. A Riley Reese, an average to slightly above average player. Like these guys, are they truly worth all of that? Like extension down the road, dead cap, high dead cap hits, uh, just for cap space now? I mean, that's that's the that's the tough yeah. question. Well,
0: it, it it's hard though because it doesn't necessarily jive with the Vikings' overall philosophy, which was, you know, they're gonna pay Kirk Cousins and you know, we'll try to win and, and, you know, Zimmer and Spielman are sort of not in a position where they can, you know, take a year, like they're not in a position where they can finish fourth in the NFC North. Let's be honest. Like, and, and this would be sort of a perfect season to do that. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins 2022 salary becomes guaranteed like on the, what, the third day of the league year. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So you know, they're in they're in a really tough spot. We were talking about this off air. We're like, they just don't have that many players that are it, it's weird. They're in salary cap hell, just and not hell, but like and they'd be fine if this was a non-pandemic year. So a lot of this we're not laying at the feet of Spielman. Um, you know, some of it's just unlucky, but they're they're in a difficult salary cap position. Despite the fact that they don't have a ton of bloated contracts, right? Like, right. Yep. And mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a tough place to be in because it's not that easy just to go in and start hacking away at at, at salaries because you know Eric Wilson just you know is going to become a free agent. So if you get rid of Anthony Barr, are you going to start Troy Die right away? He struggled at times uh, when he played last year. Um, if you if you get rid of Riley Reiff, are you going to start? Uh, are, are you going to finally you know look? Uh, you know, to, you know, some of these younger guys in the offensive Ezra line. Ezra Cleveland, not, yeah. as Well, not only Ezra Cleveland, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. He's been with the team forever. Um, Ole, Ole Udo,
2: Rashad Hill.
0: Rashad Hill, yeah. Like, are you going to play – like, Rashad Hill actually has not been an embarrassment when he's played left tackle. Yeah. He's had a rough time of it at right tackle. But are you going to really – you know, uh, somebody in the league was talking to me the other day and I was sort of trying to set, you know, advocate for signing, you know, for going for average lineman. And he told me and I thought this was a good point. He's like, if you shoot for average at every single position and you miss, one of your guys is going to be TJ Clemmings like and then you're mm-hmm. screwed. Right. Because it's worse to have a TJ Clemmings than it yeah. is good to have a Tyron
2: Smith.
1: So if you really that, they had that Dakota spots. Dozier,
2: too. Right. Exactly. Well, Hill
1: is actually a free agent, too. Yep. Um. But at the yeah, summary yeah, exactly. here is, look, they're, they're in a tight cap situation. They're not the only team, like David said, about half of the league is in these tight cap situations where there's going to be pressure to get under the cap in the next five days. So, you know, we don't know what the solution is. And, you know, that's because we're just three, three fans trying to figure it out. But one of the best parts of the offseason is it's not so much trying to tell the Vikings, what they should do. It's that, look, the moves they make over the next two months informs us as fans of how the Vikings view themselves. And so we're going to learn whether this is an approach to compete for 2021 or whether they're trying to build something around, you know, this Clint Kubiak offense with Justin Jefferson, who's going to be here for a while, with Dalvin Cook, uh, even with Kirk Cousins, who's guaranteed for the next two years. And it's going to be interesting. As everyone's saying all over the internet, there's going to be some unprecedented type of activity in the NFL. So Mary's right, this is going to be a crazy time. That said, the Vikings have made some moves. At number one, they they decided to part ways with their kicker, Dan Bailey saving $1.7 million against the cap. And we already talked about Kyle Rudolph. We don't need to talk about him again. So tell me, just like Dan Bailey, he's a kicker. Let's not spend more than 30 seconds on it, guys, because we got some questions coming in on the comments. But Eric, just tell me about the Dan Bailey cut. What do you think?
2: Uh,
0: For every other team in the NFL, kicker doesn't really matter that much. (laughs) Um, You know, we know that, you know, like, if you even look, who is the kicker for the Tampa Bay Bucs? Wasn't it Ryan Suckup? Uh, Yeah, Ryan Suckup was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, like the team they beat in the Super Bowl, so that they could have Cairo Santos. And then Cairo Santos was cut by the Chiefs for Harrison Bucker. And now our buddy Greg Rosenthal, he has Cairo Santos as a top 100 free agent. Like kickers are the most <laughs> oscillatory beings. Yeah. The only yeah. there's there's two there's two constants in the NFL at the kicker position. Justin Tucker is going to be great and whoever the Vikings have as kicker is going to suck. So like, <laughs> you know, like that's that's it. And and we yeah. you know we had the we had the situation with Gary, you know, and Gary had not only did Gary have a great year in 98 in 2000, the other year they made the NFC title game. He only missed one kick; it was a block kick against Tampa. Like he had a great career since then, and then Longwell had a great career. Longwell never Longwell had low key an excellent career for the Vikings. Other than that, the kicker position and Fraud, was decent, but Froderick broke his foot in like classic Vikings fashion. So well, and, like and Blair was good, kicker, and Blair
2: Walsh was good until uh, yeah, yeah, until kick. he
0: wasn't anymore, <laughs> right? and, yeah. and, yeah. and, and so. Like, to me, I think the Vikings just need to, you know, cheap out at that position, right? Like, yeah. bring in three or three kick or two kickers from the college ranks. Don't draft either one of them. That we know that's a disaster, too. <laughs> just bring in undrafted free agents at the position and let them duke it out. And then, like, this is why having, this is why drafting kickers is bad, too. And it's also why signing kickers to long deals is bad. We saw like when Blair Walsh was a six round pick turned into a pro bowler, he had like a, an okay year in four, 13, a kind of a bad year in in 14, decent year in 13, brilliant in 12 going into the 15 year, they signed into an extension to try to like, it was sort of like the, like, let's get, let's like get married or let's have a kid to save the marriage type of thing. Right. And then of course he's terrible for 2015 and but they can't like get rid of him because they just signed him to a deal. And then it takes halfway to 2016. They probably make the playoffs in 2016 if they would have cut Blair Walsh after week one. He was a nightmare against Tennessee week one that year. They should have mm-hmm. just cut him. He was a bad. And the same thing like and they learned from that to some degree when they drafted when they drafted Carlson and then they cut him after week two. Like okay. they they were more pragmatic that way. But then Carlson actually has talent, so he goes somewhere and actually have some success so what you have to do if you're the vikings you just know you're going to be a nightmare at the position only put relatively low amounts of investment there and just cut guys when they suck like that's how the vikings have to go about it
1: my my if i know our kicker's name at the start of the year then we have failed like i don't want to have (laughs) ever heard of this guy before I want him to trot out there during the first preseason game and be like, "Okay, let's see if he can kick." Yeah. And hope it's kind of like, he... like Lyman. It's kind of like Lyman in that way. If you hear their name,
2: it's a bad thing. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And and if it inspires the Vikings to go for more fourth downs in the intermediate part of the mm-hmm. field, we know they're a good offense, and so mm-hmm. that's actually a plus. Like, uh, if you have a mm-hmm. running back like Dalvin Cook, you should go for fourth and two almost every time, anyway, right? And and if you have a quarterback like Kirk, you should be going for it on fourth and six. At the forty, like I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, th- and that's always something where I've always thought the Ravens' offense until they kind of got more woke over the past like three, four years. Like when they had Flacco, they would like they their goal was to get to the forty and just let Tucker drill it. But you know, and, and yeah. that's kind of impedes your offense a little bit. Not having a great kicker is not as bad as I think Vikings fans want to believe it is.
1: Yeah. So okay, well, we talked enough about kickers. We don't like well, them. real quick. Well, real quick, flip that.
2: The Vikings don't cut Bailey if they don't have another guy in, in place. They signed uh, Greg Joseph. Uh, I don't know who that, that is. is. He was he in, kicked was in the AFC championship game last year. No, I, I don't want to yeah. know who he is. We just talked Perfect. about this. Fine. We don't, need to, we don't really need to know anything about him. He's super cheap, though. They can get it. If they need it, they, they replaced uh, Bailey with him, and they'll probably bring in another person for competition and let him duke it out. That's fine. But if they need to get rid of this dude, they can do it. And so that's the – that's the whole point that that Eric was making is that he's super cheap and there's no guaranteed money. So if you or I think there was like thirty five thousand dollars guaranteed. Have mm. we like the Vikings not going to cut him for thirty five k? Come on now. So like there's no worry there. Like if he sucks, they'll just move on, and that's something that they had a hard time with with Bailey this last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to talk about kickers anymore. Let's talk Perfect. about the other the I guess semi major move that the Vikings made <laughs> it was announced that that Steven Weatherly off of a one year stint for the Carolina Panthers uh With I believe stacks. he signed there signed there for a two year contract got cut after one year and now he's on his way back to Minnesota so Miles how do we feel about the defensive end rejoining our purple I mean I think
2: it's a solid move I think familiarity is really important and in, in the NFL that I think people misinterpret i think getting a guy that knows your defense he knows his I would, I'm assuming knows his role going into the season um I think that's important he's got a relationship with Andre Patterson and he's he's also shown shown you know signs of and flashes for you he's, de- he's done well for you at times I'm not I don't and I think the expectation won't be for him to be an every down type of starter he's not he's not the type of player that you know you you should be relying on as like an like an Everson Griffin type of player. Like I'm not going to say Daniel Hunter because Daniel Hunter is an elite level player right now, but, uh, but like, like Everson Griffin level in terms of like where Everson Griffin is now, like, you know, you're not asking him to be a, a three down player. You're asking him to be a situational uh, situational pass rusher who, you know, hopefully can can do some things in, in different levels for you. But at the same time, you know, I, I looked at, I look at this situation we, I don't know what the, I think the Vikings were trying to hedge their bets of choosing between Steven Weatherly and a Fadi Now they might choose both, but with the amount of money they paid Steven Weatherly, it at least put them in a line of, Hey, we can at least afford one quote unquote vet pass rusher to make sure that we're not without one going into uh, the, the draft, you know, cause we have DJ Wanham and we have Daniel Hunter with coming off the neck injury and then there's nobody else. So it's, it's the plan was to always go after a veteran pass rusher. Now it probably shouldn't stop them from going after another one, but at least it puts someone in place that, you know, that you can put in the, in the
1: rotation if you need to. Okay. So right now, cause the question is like, what is Steven Weatherly? How much does he play? So right now you got Steven Weatherly, you got a Fadio Denebo, you got DJ Wanham. Who's, who's the starter? Or is it, is, is it none of those guys? Is it a free agent or a draft pick? Who's starting across from Deniel Hunter? I,
0: I I think it has to be probably a dead about right now. He was more productive last year. Um, some of the stuff I've been working on with the, the NGS data, like Weatherly was not like particularly good at getting off the football last year even. So when you're looking at mm. like actual, you know, miles per hour off the ball, like, Adenabo is better. Um I know Zimmer, so, but here's here's some positivity, I think, for Vikings fans. Like, Zimmer does he, a really good be. job of, like, if you look at players, like, sort of on a graph and, like, you look at, like, how fast they get off the ball versus how much pressure they generate, Zimmer always gets more pressure out of players than you would expect from how athletic they are, how fast they get off the football. And Donnell Hunter, by the way, is no exception. Donnell Hunter doesn't get off the ball necessarily as fast as other players who are as as elite as him. So I think Weatherly, what ended up happening, which this is partially due, like this is a Belichickian thing that Zimmer does. Weatherly looked good in Minnesota because Zimmer schemes a lot of great stuff. He goes to Carolina and stinks, comes back home, Right. And he'll probably have some production there, um, you know. And and so you know, I he might surprise. I wasn't. I was very unimpressed with him in Carolina, but that doesn't mean he can't be a productive player for Minnesota. And especially at the price point that got him at, uh, that that's a good that's a good uh, sort of thing to me. The Vikings really have to figure out the the Hunter thing. And, and to me, that that that's a huge deal as far as to me that like getting under the cap is is more about hunter than i think about anything because you have to probably it's at what 17 right now 17 and a half yep yep Mm 17.25 that number's got to be 22 and a half or more for him to be happy and because you know you look at shack barrett's going to get about that much um even like somebody like carl lawson's going to be making more than hunter after this whole thing's said and done like if you want hunter in minnesota and maybe they don't. Maybe they want to trade him, but that opens up the can of worms you saw all of 2020. If you want Hunter back in Minnesota, he's got to be making a lot more money than he's making right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just yep. I agree, but I just can't get jazz because all those extension moves are August time frame moves, and this is just restructure season. Like, so if they were to. Announce something with the Neil Hunter right now. I'd be very skeptical because it's not going to be the dream extension he's looking for. It's not going to be extension that Brian O'Neill's probably looking for either. So, and that was taught, is really just like structure to get under rather than a reward type extensions that get handed out later on in the year. Um, not, but but they should have a plan there, and I hope it's to keep the Neil Hunter. For sure, because I'm not trying to go, o- fadio Denebo and DJ Wanham starting at defensive end.
2: Weatherly.
0: <laughs>
2: I Where's mean, You guys talked got. about
1: this.
0: You guys talked about this off air, but like the the goal might just be to get a second round pick back, right? I know they lost the yeah. one. They they moved back, you know, a whole round for the Yanik Nagakwe trade. You know, if Hunter's unhappy, and there's a little, there's some reports that you know. If you look at some of the players who have left Minnesota over the past, you know, 18 months or so, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, irritated that Zimmer played him in that week 17 game against the Bears. One of the reasons he went to Cincinnati for almost nothing. Xavier Rhodes, they wanted him back, and he was miffed by how much Zimmer made him play through injuries and things like that during the, you know, what he thought the prime of his career was. You know, Sheree Floyd was not treated well during his injury by by Zimmer. Zimmer said a lot of defamatory things about him. Um, and you look at how they handled the Hunter situation; it was a it was a mess. Like they they said, you know, oh, it's just that it's just a tweak, it's just to this, it's just to that. And I think players are off put by that sort of thing. And you know, they're they it might be irreconcilable between Hunter and the Vikings. And in which case, that's probably where you get your cap relief—is to trade him right. and to get a couple draft picks for him and to sort of rebuild the defense. But to your point, Flip, that means that the pass rush is going to be worse, like than than we than we're used to, and and, and it's you know there's no end in sight unless they draft one of these guys, um, yeah. you know, with fourteen
1: or, or later. So let's get to the questions in the comments. And I don't want to speculate that much on the Daniil Hunter situation because I actually think the Vikings handled it pretty well. You know, they were always trying to see if he could come back. It's not that too dissimilar from how they handled uh, Nick Easton when he was eventually announced out for the year going through preseason and and the start of the year and Daniel Hunter never played a snap he was never asked to play a snap he was never asked to suit up so they were just trying to assess their options and when things quickly went south during the start of the year where they could have said he's still going to come back mid year they correctly decided to shut him down they panicked um,
2: and traded for Unique Ngakwe <laughs> the
1: the situation with Daniel Hunter is purely financial i i can't i can't assume or speculate that there's any bad blood there it's so much different from how xavier Rhodes just started sucking and his head coach called him out on it it's so much different from Mackenzie alexander who came in with a punkish attitude and never restored that relationship all the way so i'm still gonna rep mike zimmer when it comes to how he he works with the neil hunter and andre patterson is a is a good guy to have in your corner there too uh david david tell me what we got in the comments what questions do we have from the fans okay Jarrell whitehead is asking at this point he's saying it seems like we're in rebuild mode so if we don't get a a championship in the next two years with with cousins then how uh, is it it's it's clearly time to rebuild i guess the question is what does that rebuild start like? Does that start with a veteran cornerback or a rookie cornerback? Or what players on the existing team do you want as part of that rebuild? I don't know, guys. I mean, I- Justin Jefferson.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: Jefferson. I mean,
2: you look back. So Brian, o- Brian O'Neill,
0: there's a few guys. The last time the Vikings really did a rebuild, I remember 2002 when Tice took over and he looked at the defense and he said, there is one player on this defense uh, that has a job and his name's Chris (laughs) And (laughs) And, you know, there's two guys on offense I really want to build around and that's Dante and Randy. And that took, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember how painful those years were, Oh, yeah. They were, yeah, real Dwayne Bates was their number two wide out oh. for a year. Um, you know, Kelly Campbell come out the, came out the practice squad and lit a fire into the team, right? Like, that was our yeah. bar. Um, you know, we had Greg Be- We signed Greg Beekert off of the, the scrap heap once to play middle linebacker. And the funniest thing about it was it was only year two when they started 6-0. and And, you know, it doesn't take that long to rebuild in the NFL. I think that's what... That's what people who are worried about moving on from Kirk, for example. And again, I don't think Kirk Mm -hmm. is the problem, but it is a problem, how much he's paid. People that want to move on from Kirk don't, I think, realize that rebuilds in the NFL don't have to be these like five-year or like Detroit Lions, like 35-year things. They can be relatively quick if you do them right. And, And to me, I think what it starts with is a really sober look at what it's going to take to to, to have stability at the quarterback position long term because mm-hmm. if if that person's Kirk Cousins that number is always going to be pretty big right like cuz Kirk's never Kirk's never going to play bad enough where the Vikings are going to want to keep him you know, or bad enough where the Vikings are going to keep him, but like, but not at a high price. Like he's, he, if he plays like he did a season ago, he's going to warrant big money, but that big money is always going to get in the way. But at the same time, if you keep him around for this year, his salary is guaranteed for the following year. And so if you draft somebody like Trey Lance, let's say they move up in the draft and take Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Kellen Mond in the back half of the first round or something like that, that player's not playing for two years. Right. And so like, it's, it's really tough. Like, the, the rebuild at the, makes a ton of sense, but at the same time doesn't make that much sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it, it starts with quarterback. And the reason it's so hard to see past Kirk Cousins right now is because the Vikings have never given themselves any type of look with a different quarterback. So we don't even know what it would look like with a rookie. You know, the... the The Eagles, whether they are right or wrong, when things fell apart, they were able, they were still able to give Jalen Hurts a look. The Dolphins went out of their way. They were winning with Ryan Fitzpatrick and they still decided to give Tua a a look because they had drafted him. So, so when somebody says rebuild to me, it's like, let's try to see what a quarterback looks like. And Chances are he's not going to be better than Kirk Cousins, but at least you've educated yourself on the value that Kirk Cousins actually provides. But well, the, the
0: it's not popular, though, right? Like, the no, Jalen Hurts pick was not all, popular. It's and, not and popular. The, it wasn't the, popular
1: in Green Bay, for example. But the it was Jordan still, Love
0: pick was not popular either. Right. And, you know, and not only that, but, like, and, and we've seen this. Like, one of the benefits of the CBA, or you can call it a drawback, I don't know, is that rookie quarterbacks became so valuable? But the the one of the sneaky rules there is there's no longer a third quarterback designation. So a lot of these teams don't even carry three quarterbacks. Not only mm. was the Jordan Love pick strange, but having them sit behind Rodgers and Tim Boyle, like their backup, the the, the developmental guy to have, like that was even weirder. And the Vikings just don't have that. Like they they right. went with the sort of like Matt Castle backup, um, where like you know, Sean Mannion will never start a meaningful game for the Vikings ever. Like, there's just no way, right. right? But you know, but I can I can sort of understand it if you know that let's say they're nine and six and and he and Kirk gets hurt and they, he, they need him to win one game to sneak to increase seating or something. Like, I get that, but it hurts you long term,
2: right? And, and, so, and the, go ahead, Miles. I was just gonna say, like we talk about we talk about rebuilds of the, the Vikings have been really good at not being really bad like the Vikings are good at not Mm -hmm. being really bad so this fear of the Vikings going into some sort of semi-rebuild scares people but the Vikings have found ways with any combination of quarterback coach GM all of those things they've still found their Mm -hmm. way into the playoffs with most of those different scenarios Mm -hmm. and so I have a hard time I have a hard time worrying about the Vikings like, c- turning into the Detroit Lions, for example. Like, they've just been really good at not doing it. And on top of that, like, to your guys' point of finding another quarterback or at least seeing what else what else is out there, one thing the Vikings in the history of this franchise, what they don't do is they don't draft a quarterback when they don't need a quarterback. They just draft a quarterback when it's an immediate need. And so, therefore, that puts that pressure on that immediate, that that rookie quarterback to be better than what they probably should be early on like we've seen it constantly right. Tavares Jackson, Dante Culpepper, Teddy Bridgewater, like Christian Ponder, all these guys were drafted because it was an, it was a need. And so you go into this situation where that quarterback just has to be good and they might not be ready to be good, or they might, you know, might need a little bit of polishing. And I think one thing we always forget is like player development's a real, a real thing in, in the NFL that, that gets forgotten, especially at the quarterback position. I think, you know, there, there are plenty of guys to it. Tua is a, is a perfect example. of it. it felt like he was ready. Maybe the injury helped him held him back a little bit. But, you know, some of these guys, they just need a little bit of time to see if they can be something. And what better way to do it than drafting a guy for the Vikings right now, draft a guy right now, see what he has in the preseason practice, all those things. And if you want to trade Kirk Cousins next year because you saw enough from this guy now, you have a plan in place for the future but if they go into the situation where they're like oh we we don't want to hurt Kirk Cousins feelings or we whatever then they just stop drafting a quarterback Kirk Cousins continues to push down the the line his contract he goes into 2022 with all the leverage in the world and they're like well what do we do at quarterback for the future and it's like do we just keep paying Kirk or do we mm-hmm. wait to let him go and, and draft somebody so again the cycle they they <laughs> they put themselves in this weird cycle where they don't plan for a quarterback, Donnie. it's really tough. So,
1: yeah. Well, and I, I, and
2: and Stephen and Stephen, who cares if they bring back Sean
1: Mannion? That doesn't fucking matter.
2: It really doesn't. It he's doesn't. saying
1: he's saying let's get Mariota in here. Trade for Mariota. Even. I'm fine with that too. I mean, <laughs> cool. But
2: they should like the do it.
1: Quick yes no question from Mary Fisk here. I'm going to ask each of you to answer yes or no. Do you believe? This team, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, are disconnected. Yes, I've said that for a while. Wow! <laughs> wow. I just think they have different. I just
2: think they have different agendas. I think the way Zimmer wants to run his team, Spielman's built helped helped him do that. But I think Spielman has a broader sense of what the the today's NFL looks like, and I don't fully think Zim cares what that like today's NFL looks like, and he doesn't care to adapt mm-hmm. to it. Eric. Yeah, I, I, I think
0: less
1: of Spielman, though. Okay. All right. Like, well, I, <laughs> that's not like a Miles good that's not a, so, so we're out of cap space. We got a disconnect between the front office and the head coach. We got players who want big paydays or they want to get out, Daniel Hunter. Great way to start free agency, but it's okay because we're going to be here talking about the Vikings and we're going to be Vikings fans no matter what. So let's talk about the draft coming after free agency. We had a good question here. I didn't see who asked it. I Oh, there we go. Eric Johnson. He's saying, give me two names in the NFL draft if we stay at 14 that would make you happy for the Minnesota Vikings. Lance. Uh,
0: Miles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Miles. Miles saying Trey Lance. Okay. Number one, the quarterback. Uh who else, Miles? Come on. I mean,
2: any of the any of the top wide receivers, if they fall, I think we've 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 talked about this a lot, Flip. The Vikings mm-hmm. not just planning for a potential Adam Thielen drop-off or what have you, and planning for that pos- position in the future, but also if they really want to make an impact in 2021. Offense is going to be the way they do it because I think with getting if they get keep Hunter, they keep some of the defensive core back. I think that Zim's gonna and they stay healthy. I think Zim's gonna do a good enough job to make the defense good enough. So let's make the offense even better. And so let's score more points. That's and let's keep up with teams when we get into situations where we might be down. You know, the the mm-hmm. offense the team isn't built to 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 do well from behind. Well, if you add extra weapons and guys that can create that'll that only help you score more points so I think you know adjusting the offense to philosophy a little bit to adhere for another uh receiving threat would be would be important i think
1: all right eric Are you, have you even looked at the draft because i know i haven't so but if you can give me two <laughs> no, I, I, I on my uh <laughs> on my
0: draft uh the PFF forecast me and george did a draft I actually had christian barmore going to them um the positional value of a defensive interior is growing by the day because of the amount of money that a good player there can command i mean our old friend Sheldon richardson is going to get big money (laughs) in free agency um and the vikings have no one who can create a pass rush on the interior the other thing barmore is is probably the only like all-around starting caliber defensive interior player in the draft so getting you know there's such a huge drop off there the scarcity i think is I don't think he falls that far, but if he does, that would be, I think, an excellent one. Um, I, I agree with miles. I, you know, if one of those top three wide receivers falls to 14, I, you know, it'd be a no brainer for me. I'm um, even Bateman, somebody who I think is in the conversation there uh, also be a cool thing to have him, uh, you know, stay in Minnesota. Um, I know you said too, I'm going to give a third one though. I, you know, I, you know the the, the Derrishaw, Virginia Techs tackle. I think he's going to fall there. Slater, I don't think is going to. But that second or third tackle behind Sewell, I think would make a very good Minnesota Viking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just like it's almost a mandatory if they don't keep Riley Reef. So one more follow up question, and I'm going to do a little. I'm going to do a spot and choose style question here because it's the new nice. NFL rule proposal. From the Baltimore Ravens, so Eric, I'm going to ask you: first round of the draft at 14, are you, pick between a trade up or a trade down? You have to pick one.
0: Down in the Vikings' case, mm-hmm. they need more picks because they're missing that second. And I know mm-hmm. we know from last year, 15 picks. You're not going to be able to keep all of them, but I still think it's you know the the curve is still pretty flat,
1: especially at 14. Okay. Um, you're getting about as good of a player, let's say at 20. Okay. So Miles, I'm going to ask you then, how far do you want to trade down? What do you want back in return? And what type of players are you going to target in a potential trade down scenario? Yeah. Well, to, to piggyback
2: up Eric's point, I think a trade up would also include, have, have to include another third or fourth round pick even to move up. So they'd have to use even more capital that, that they'd, you know, to move up. So if the only way they'd do that is a quarterback, in my opinion, that's the only position they should do it for. But but I don't think they're going to do it. So I think in a a trade back, you know, you should be looking for a day two pick. I mean, depending on how far you go. If you go into the 20s, you know, you're hoping to get a second round pick back. Maybe you swap, you give them back a fourth or what have you. Um, And then for me, I'd be targeting, um, depending on what they do at at edge rusher, edge rusher, well, um, maybe target an edge rusher. Um, I think cornerback is still, if they don't address that in and, and free agency guys, I do think that's an important position that they do continue to need. I know we draft a lot of cornerbacks, but they don't have any more cornerbacks. <laughs> like they let all those guys go.
1: And we now can't be drafted by the corner.
2: Why not? Like it's an important position. Um, and I just think you, you just continue to throw, throw uh, assets at it because they're, they're another position that they'll be really expensive down the road. So the, the longer you can have them cheap, I think the better. So it's just one of those positions I wouldn't be mad at. If they if they traded back and drafted a guy like uh, like Newsom from Northwestern, uh, he's a guy I'm, I'm really big on. Um, and then I think, you know, again, another receiver is Rashad Bateman. Um, I'm not a uh, Tony. I'm not really a big Tony guy at that round. But um, let's see. Sure, Steven. It's Vera Tucker, I sure. suppose. Vera Tucker would <laughs> be a good back, pick for the Vikings. Trade, but trade back, tra- trade, back and take him. I think that'd be fine.
0: There are people in the league yeah. who I think who think Vera Tucker's a top ten pick. Okay. All right. But but I, I don't. I mean, he's a guard, so like, or you know. Right. But he does yep. have position flexibility. Um, the Vikings have swung and missed at the interior line at that spot. And I think <laughs> in an offseason where people really want them to make a splash in the draft, he would be
1: a mistake at yeah.
0: anything later than like 25, but he, a he's point. a good football. He's a very good football player.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's some great comments, Eric and miles, you know, looking forward to the draft people watching fans in the comments. Thank you for joining us. I got one wait, more question to close us out. Uh, miles, wait, one go thing. Ahead, miles Miles got well, I'll just, some just, in, my <laughs> outro. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Just whatever they do in free agency will dictate the draft. That's how the Vikings have been. So just keep an eye on the the positions they focus on in free agency because that'll tell you
1: where they they probably view their direction in in the draft. Okay. Thank you, Miles. We could focus on free agency first. I agree. So let's talk about not only not only the questions, because we got some great questions. I hope y'all enjoyed watching. We gave you some free agency content. We gave you some draft content. We're gonna, Eric and Miles are gonna close out the show by just naming one dream free agency fit for the Vikings for you to take with you as we head into this wild week of free agency, Eric, who you got? Oh man. That's a, that's a good question. Um, Make it somewhat real now. William, real. William
0: Jackson, the third.
1: Okay. William Jackson, the third cornerback out of Cincinnati, uh, drafted by the Bengals played there under Paul Gunther for a while. Who is now on the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff? Hopefully, he can help solidify that defensive backfield. Miles, who you got? It's tough.
2: Um, Roy Robertson Harris from the Chicago Bears. He was he was injured last mm-hmm. year, but I think he's a he's a type of player that he's kind of got a versatility of interior. Uh, he's he's a he's like six seven. Uh, he could play three tech, but also might be able to give you a little bit of edge rush ability as well. So he's a guy that I could see them having interest in uh and then i think Rashawn jenkins is my other guy safety from the chargers i
1: think he's an underrated free agent in a loaded uh safety class there you go guys Rashawn jenkins roy robertson harris and william jackson take those names with you until you tune in oh, next t- week Keelan Cole, Keelan Cole. No, we're not having no <laughs> Keelan Cole conversation right now. If y'all are wondering where Jason is, we are too. We don't know where Jason is, so please tweet at him. Ask him where he was. Ask him if he's got any takes about the Vikings going into free agency. Thanks, y'all, for watching. We'll be we'll be on next week and Skull Vikings.
0: And before we go, I just want to mention tomorrow night on. Happy hour, Vikings happy hour. Joining Matt will be the one happy hours early, start early then. Doogie, Wilson. happy hours oh. all day long for me. But yeah, be we got Doogie
1: in, tomorrow.
0: Doogie will be joining, so it should be fun. Join us same time, same channel, eight central, and we look forward to seeing you there. Skull everybody, skull.